Now here is the great, great secret of effectual prayer. Listen carefully. The prayer that gets to heaven starts in heaven. I believe God wants to shake this old country one more time with heaven-sent revival. That's what God wants to do. There also has to be the other side of the coin, our responsibility to share that life-changing message with those around us. There's something in the nature of God that wants His love to be shared with other people. Welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast, a weekly podcast exploring the ins and outs of church revitalization with your hosts, Matt Hensley and Kyle Beerman. This podcast is sponsored in part by the Christian Standard Bible. We encourage you to check out the CSB after the show to learn about a translation that is both readable and accurate at csbible.com. Hey Kyle, how are you today? Man, I am fantastic. Things are are going well. Um, Continuing to walk through the the COVID... what do we call it? The COVID crazies. I think I read on one uh, one podcast that worked. I mean, so. it's been a great decade. We uh, <laughs> <laughs> and now my beard is completely white, and uh, I haven't seen somebody. I haven't seen the sun in the last uh, you know ten years. But uh, but it's been wonderful. But uh, thankfully, our listeners don't have to listen to us once again uh, this week because Lance uh, Crowell has come back to the show uh, to discuss. Uh, really, what we just talked about this uh, this decade that we're in of uh, COVID nineteen uh, coronavirus, and and one of the reasons for that is he mentioned something uh, in the episode that we shared last week uh, about the SBTC Equip conference. Is this is not the time to hit the pause button? There are certain things that we do need to pause, obviously for safety reasons and so forth. Uh, but with training, with discipleship, evangelism, the mission that God has put us on earth here for, uh, that does not hit the pause button. And so we have to uh, maybe shift, or the favorite word right now is pivot. Uh, I promised I wouldn't ever say that again, but it fits. Pivot. So we've pivot. had to do that. Like I know, I know, you know oh, yeah, pivot. <laughs> Ten lashes for it. Uh, but, uh, but so we brought Lance on. Uh, because SBTC has been doing a ton of work in helping churches, not not really just in Texas, but uh, but elsewhere, uh, to to navigate these times. A lot of us are wondering. Uh, in certain places, of course, they opened, and then there was a spike in their area or or whatever, and so they had to close again or or move from drive-in. You know, we went from drive-in to in-person, and and then thought we were about to have to go to drive-in again. Uh, you know, we've had to go to two services. There's different things that we've all had to navigate, but there's certain areas of ministry, maybe Sunday school or discipleship training, evangelism, and so forth, that we have talked about the need to continue and find creative ways to do it. And so I think to bring an expert to the show, uh, and I'll call him an expert just because he's an Astros fan. So he's automatically one step above just a normal novice. So uh, because we have him back, uh, we just want to turn it over to Lance and and maybe share briefly what has SBTC been doing, uh, and yeah. then how can you know other people that are listening in uh, maybe pour into some of those resources that y'all have uh, developed and maybe learn from some of the mistakes that have happened or the things you have learned along the way. Lance, sure. go ahead. No, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it so much. Appreciate what you guys are doing here and. 
Um, you know, when, when everything kind of happened in March, we, our executive director decided we really needed a specific task force to try to push into the needs of churches. And so there are a few of us that were put together on a team exclusively saying, how do we help churches with where they are? And as you guys know, that's been a long winding road. Um, and, and you've already summarized some of this, uh, everything closed and then things opened and people thought everything was going to open. And now it's kind of, I've always felt that it's just going to be this an accordion kind of back and forth, uh, for a bit of time. And that's where we see different, different pockets, even in Texas, where some feel more open and others feel more closed. Um, you know, a couple of things that I think we've figured out along the way in this is one, I do think even as we come to today, this is long enough that a lot of pastors are really hurting. I think they feel isolated. I think they feel they don't know what to do next. And I, I encourage pastors if they, to, to you, you've got to have community. You've got to have other guys that that you're, you're, you're talking through some of this with and really having good conversations about taking steps forward and, you know, making sure your, your team is on, on the same page, but also other, other pastors in your community are great, maybe sounding block to, to make sure what's happening in your community. But there's just, the needs have been so strong. So we've worked over this time, we developed a regather toolkit that allows churches to think through safely. How do you go about that when you feel like that's the right timing with everything, and then we produced a tool that was a pastor's toolkit to kind of thought about um, just different things that pastors need to think through in the process for the next few months. And then we, th- we put a third piece together, and I can give you the links to all this. It's all free on our website, to uh, a, a thing called um, a refocus, understanding that the world's going to probably look different. I, I do buy into the reality this is more of a disruption than an interruption idea that things are going to be different and and there's more potential for us to open with more online activities and people coming to our churches is probably going to look different as we're engaging people in, in the in the in the near future and maybe for a good long time and so we've produced some tools that are on there um, that anybody can have access to and helps with but right now I just think that the biggest key right now I do think is pastors are just kind of uncertain and they're hurting and many of them are at burnout points. And they, and they need someone that's going to walk beside them and just love on them. And we don't know what all is going to happen, but we trust the Savior that's in charge and control of all things. And that's where I hope has to rest in these days. That doesn't mean we don't provide practical tools and helps, but at this point, my heartbeat is more going to the pastor and the leader's need at the moment than anything else. Yeah, yeah that was, that's that was why Kyle is so fortunate to have me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Lance, I think that's a good word because I, th- I think, it, like I know in my own case, about about two weeks ago, it, it is when it finally hit me. Um, I think up until then, I'd been holding out. You know, this is a temporary, uh, this is a very temporary thing, and and we're going to get back to normal. You know, we, we we've been told for so long, you know, summer and then and then fall, every, everything will get back to normal. And I think about two weeks ago, it, it hit me that that that's not going to happen. And normal is a long way off, and, and as you said, there there may be a lot of a, a lot of things that don't return to to what normal was mm-hmm. before this. Um, and so, you know, for you mentioned some online tools for churches and ministries, and and I think we, we would all agree that there are um, online ministries for ch- for churches is probably going to be a mainstay going forward. You know, obviously, that doesn't mean that that you go solely online. We, we hope that, that we don't have to return to that in, in mass again. Um, but, but online tools is going to be key. Um, and, and then you mentioned the, the piece of, you know, pastors just having some, 
having some friends that they can rely on. And, you know, man, when, when those days hit, just be honest about it and say, um, this is a bad day, right? Like, like I'm just, I'm really yeah. struggling today. Um, and so, so tell us like, so, so for a pastor who's, you know, maybe in the same way, kind of having that realization and, and his people are now coming back to him and, you know, we've, we've gone without, uh, kids ministries meeting in person. We've gone without youth ministries meeting in person. It's been six months now. Um, when do things get back to normal? How, how do you counsel? How, how would you walk the pastor through having those conversations? Well, I mean, it's there is no one size fits all because everybody's community is a little different. But what I would say on some of that is, uh, you know, again, we have to dispense. I think you said a little bit in your question is the idea of normal. It, it's going to look different. And the hardest thing for like, let's say family ministry, kids ministry, that sort of thing is the true, you go back to Deuteronomy 6, the true discipler of the child is really mom and dad. And in our culture, most churches have struggled with that. And most parents have struggled because they don't really want to, or this is the moment for us to say, your kid, and you can do programmatic things for kids. We know churches that are doing Facebook Live stuff for their kids. They're doing, they did VBS online. They've got drive-through where they're picking up stuff on Wednesday for the kids that they can come through and safely grab something and go home and do it. So you can be creative with all those sorts of things, but ultimately kind of the spiritual life for the next generation, mom and dad have to embrace. And so this is that moment where we really are kind of in challenging mom and dad. How do we do that? How do you help them with that? And, and I'm, I've bought into the, the, the philosophy on some of this is what, what we're trying to do with our families as much of anything is help them make spiritual progress. The speed of that progress, I became less worried about and more focused on just, we really want to see you make progress. Let's move forward spiritually. Let's, let's pray as a family this week. And we've never done that before. That's not a huge step, but that's something. And so I, we're telling pastors at this point, ultimately to help your folks realize, I don't think it's going to look the same, but ultimately how do you, and I, and this, so I guess the, the, the long answer to your short question <laughs> is you got to push into your people deeper. This is the season to get to, to know them, get your leadership to spend more time. This is a, a great opportunity to know your people, what their really needs are, what their heart is, and where they're really at probably than any other time. And so, man, in this season, if you could get your folks just to engage and just to love on them and just their needs and their struggles, um, and that's hard because you're having your own uncertainties as well as a leader. So that that's not, you know, that, that's the difficulty in that. But this is the season. If I'm doing anything, I'm pushing into those relationships deeper because this is that season. And that's not the full answer to what we we talk through more details, but that's one of the things that I would encourage pastors. Awesome. And let, let's talk uh, what, what we hope doesn't happen. Um, there's, there's been enough uh, time. I know that Kyle and I have have been grateful and uh, fortunate that we haven't had to navigate this. Uh, but the the odds ultimately only increase as some days go by, kind of depending upon where you live. Uh, but let's let's say we get the call that there has been a a case at church. Um, you know, not necessarily the pastor, but perhaps just any member of the church. Uh, uh, we we didn't really plan for for the questions we were going to ask for you. This just kind of came up with that. What what's the next steps uh, that you've navigated with some of your guys there in Texas? Well, I mean, and I, and I don't want to speak to the medical side of that because that's oh. not our expertise is not the medical side of that. Obviously, if there's that, you know, anybody direct contact, or if you know, you know, 
the contact tracing element, people are going into isolation. I think at that point, you know, the church would, again, the autonomy of the local church being a state, state, state office guy, I'm not telling you what to do. That's what God's called you as the pastor to be the to leader there. But I would say, we would say, be cautious in that. And maybe obviously the required elements of quarantine um, and, um, you might suspend everything for two weeks and just go online to make sure that you're not proliferating anything. I would, I would tell you first and foremost, contact your local health authorities to make sure they know what's going on and that they're in the process because they're going to know best on how those protocols should work for you. And so, and I know there's some debates about all that, but ultimately that, that would be my encouragement. But I would I would decide on if, if something like that happened on the side of caution for your people and um, make sure you're not proliferating anything in that moment. If you do find some sort of a um, case that is positive, the problem with that is you just never know where they came from, where they got it and when they tested positive, if that's connected to you. And I get all that. That's difficult to navigate. But that's that's uh, that's a that's a suggestion that I would encourage. But again, you're in charge. And that's the hard part as the pastor, you know, you're that the Lord has put you as the, you know, the, the center of, of Southern Baptist life is not our building or offices. It's the local church. And so that's where, you know, prayerfully making those decisions are very difficult, but we would encourage kind of caution with that and make sure you're being safe with your folks, at least in, in a quarantine period after that. I don't know if that answered your question very thoroughly, but um, that's a difficult, and in some ways, it's a bit of a case by case, depending upon yeah. what the scenario was, and were they interacting with everybody? Was it somebody on stage? You know, what what type of things did you have? Did you have a Sunday school class? Were they in a group setting at all? Was it just in worship? Was everybody wearing masks? You know, th- there's a lot of caveats to that. Yeah. But but it, but but even by the answer to that, it makes it complicated and hard, and that's why everybody's head spinning. And they're struggling because they want to, I was talking to a pastor the other day, they want to be there, they want to meet, they want to be there for their people, but they want to be safe. And sometimes the information's conflicting and you're like, I, Lord, who, do, where do I trust and what do we do? And, and we're seeing nationally that different voices are taking different approaches to all that. And that's, that's the thing that we would say, we just want to pray with you and for you, give you the information that we know that's truthful as far as, you know, how to go about stuff. But man, the helping you as you navigate making those difficult decisions is not an easy task we know so so a follow-up along those lines and and every pastor that i know has dealt with this to an extent um you you mentioned you know in, in, in the national conversation right now there are a lot of different voices that are the that are um out there giving all kinds of information um and conflicting information right i mean so as as we matt and i've talked before um, you can go online right now and find some doctor somewhere who will agree with whatever bias you have about uh, about um, <laughs> about COVID, right? And so, for for a pastor who's navigating the, all the decisions that have to be made, when you're also shepherding people who fall on vastly different sides mm-hmm. of of this, you know, everything from as we've talked before, everything from um, this is all a hoax to we might all catch this and die. How do pastors walk through shepherding their people when you have such a vast difference of opinion about um, what decisions need to be made and how they need to be made? I think you have to do it with the utmost of grace. You have to understand that your people are going to be all over the place 
And no matter where they land on it for their family in this season, you just want to, you want to proceed with grace. I don't, I don't think you bully anybody, any direction. Um, because ultimately, um, you, you know, you know, you have families that you think should be back and there's, uh, you know, they have somebody compromised in their family that they have, or, you know, a parent that lives with them or something. There's a lot of different reasons. To get, and so I, as far as my shepherding, and I know that pastors have been disappointed with the percentages of returns, and it's not easy to preach to a largely empty room. And if you're not recording earlier in the week for your online component, but you're doing it live, providing to that audience as well and doing well for both, I think that's where you get to the end of yourself because you're just, you're trying to do both well and it's hard and and there's not the same energy when it's people socially distanced and maybe wearing masks in the room and it's difficult, right? It's difficult to preach and lead there. But again, that's why I told you earlier, my thing is you're pushing into those private conversations. You should be calling people all throughout the week and checking on them. This is the perfect time to develop the deeper rapport with your folks. But I, I would say I'm just shepherding. And if they're not comfortable, I'm loving on them as much as I can so that at the right time they will return. The worst thing that can happen here is that people feel like they fall through the cracks in this season. Yeah. And that's when people usually disconnect is because they're not connected to group life and by not having group life meeting. So I'm hoping all your Sunday school teachers are contacting them if they're not meeting or if they're not doing something online. And that they're loving on them. They're just checking on them. They're seeing how they're doing. Um, but just more connection off from Sunday morning would be my encouragement most. And then just the utmost grace to them in all situations that you're on their side um, and that you love them. And But the gospel hasn't stopped. We, we The mandate has not stopped for us to communicate that either. And so that's why we're encouraging them, even in their state. You know, we're loving on them. And who are they loving on that needs Jesus? How are we still finding ways to, to be faithful with the good news? And how are we making sure that it, it, you know, that we're getting the word out that in this season where nobody has hope, we have the ultimate hope and his name is Jesus. And, and I'd love to have a conversation with you in any sort of social, social distancing format you want. So, yeah. um, so, that, so that, that's the key is we love on them and we know that we're there in, but we just tell them the mission's not stopped either. Yeah, that's and, and that's I, I kind of think of it on, uh, in the terms of the kids that we have. You know, we have four uh, daughters. Uh, Kyle has a uh, son and daughter. Uh, you mentioned last week. I think you had three teenagers. If, if I, I remember, two. I have a son and daughter, both teenagers. Two teenagers. Yeah. We yeah. we notice over time, you know, different personalities in our kids, and and sometimes different ways to to know how to discipline some some it may only take something you know the word I hated growing my mom could have whipped me every day of the week and it wouldn't have mattered the moment she said I'm so disappointed in you I was done (laughs) like that okay (laughs) I have messed up and I I straightened up you know because that's the last thing I wanted was to disappoint my my mama and so we're we're not advocating spanking members or saying you're disappointed in a member by any means but you, you know your people, you know what they're dealing with. And, and as you're calling them and checking on them, texting, I, I know members that do not want a phone call, but they would love to take a text. Yeah. Uh, and I know people yeah. that if I just text them, then they are offended. I didn't call them, you know? Yeah. So when you know your people, you can know how to effectively shepherd them in this time. You know, we've got some that aren't coming uh, because they're kind of fir- frontline, uh, you know, with, with, uh, fire department and so forth. Mm-hmm. And then they also have, because of that, a lot of connection to people that have uh, caught it and several that had died. 
And so they really struggle yeah. with wanting to do everything in their power right now. And, and, you know, yeah. some people, of course, they don't go to church, but then they go to Walmart and Home Depot and go out to eat right. and some of that kind of stuff. You're a little right. frustrated with them. These are those that, I mean, they're getting uh, their, their groceries delivered. They're not going out They're They're really doing everything they can to stay safe because it has hit home. And so when you know that, you don't have to, you know, go up and, well, why don't you have faith? You know, it's not that at all. You know, right. it's it's wisdom and, and all of that right. kind of stuff they're struggling with and, and battling through. And so uh, with that, when you know your people, you know kind of the needs to to maybe how to address whatever it is that they're yeah. facing. Uh, well, Lance, uh, I appreciate you coming on again. Yeah. Uh, this has been helpful. Uh, we we are so grateful for, for you, getting to know you just over the time that we've gotten to share. Uh, I didn't know... Uh, you before this, but the Equip Conference kind of brought us together. So we're grateful for that. Uh, as a Texan, uh, though I was technically born in California, but we don't talk about that. Uh, but I, I call myself a Texan. Uh, am very grateful for the SBTC, their generosity with the cooperative program, uh, very forward thinking, grateful for the ways they're getting out, uh, especially in this time, helping pastors in uh, and out of season. We're kind of in that out of season time. This yeah. is a very difficult. It's disruptive. Um, yeah. But God has a mission for us. And uh, we're still moving forward and y'all are helping pastors do that. Maybe when they get to the end of the rope and they're like, I have no idea what to do with this. And y'all are there to help them out. And so thank you so much, Lance, uh, for the work y'all are doing. Yeah, I'd love to make sure if our website, um, all those resources that I mentioned, anybody that wants them, whether they're in Texas or not, they're downloadable PDFs that you can go to sbtexas.com. And if you get to our landing page at the top, we have English and Spanish, the COVID-19 pages. And we have over 100 resources in English that those three tools that I mentioned, as well as a bunch of blog articles on getting your content online. We've helped almost over 150 churches that had no online presence figure out how to get online with their stuff, as well as develop online giving for folks that couldn't give. That's all free tools on there. So anybody that's looking for extra helps with that, please go there, download. You don't have to sign up for anything um, with that, but there's just some tools on there to help anybody. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Lance. And yeah. uh, Kyle, it was marginally good to see you, uh, <laughs> but uh, but we're thankful for the time that uh, you all spent uh, to listen in. We hope that it was an encouragement to you uh, that this too shall pass. It might pass like a kidney stone, uh, but God is still in control and is going to use this for his glory. And as we've shared often on the show throughout this season, as we uh, firmly believe that especially with the the audience that a lot of pastors are, are having is that has grown because of the online tools that you were mentioning, uh, that we might be on the cusp of a great revival. And uh, so brothers, keep preaching, keep telling people that God loves them and, and how they can be saved. And, and let's keep moving that mission forward. Uh, but until so, next time, Kyle, why don't you send us out? Until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare. This podcast has been sponsored in part by the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. There are a lot of great things happening on Seminary Hill, and so we encourage you to find out all about them at swibbits.edu after the short clip by Roy Fish. Again, that is swbts.edu. Have a great day, and God bless. People without Jesus are lost. And... They're not only lost, but they're in danger of being eternally lost. 
the fact that people are going to be in hell if they don't somehow come into saving faith.